Hey guys, it's Brian. Um, we don't normally do this here at the um, Comedy Zone podcast, but uh, we wanted to put up a, a special version of the podcast. Um, it's only one segment. It's our interview with um, Josh Gondelman, who was here uh, in Charlotte at the Comedy Zone on Sunday, December 4th. Uh, we had an opportunity to sit down with him for a few minutes. It ended up going a little bit longer than we uh, anticipated, and it's worth just kind of putting out there on its own for you to listen to. Josh is a really super sweet guy, uh, very, very smart, uh, very, very funny, and I think there's a lot to learn from uh, from what we talked about um, in the course of his um, interview, from comedy to his writing to kind of um, working on an important show. Josh is one of the writers on on uh, this week tonight with uh, John Oliver and working on a show like that or on The Daily Show that sort of mixes comedy with uh, uh, important current events and things that people need to know about. A lot of people get their news and information from shows like this. And so it's it's inter- in- interesting to kind of get into the, 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 uh, the work process and the workflow um, of these shows. So uh, enjoy the interview with uh, Josh Gondelman. We'll be back with a normal show Friday at uh, right around noon Eastern Eastern Standard Time, uh, Josh Blue scheduled to be the guest on uh, this week's show, and as far as I know, Will and Sammy Joe will be there as well. So uh, enjoy this uh, quick um, interview with uh, Josh Gondelman. Uh, honestly, I kind of fell in love with him, and I think you'll you'll probably kind of fall in love with him too. So here's here's this uh, uh, Comedy Zone podcast special interview with this week tonight with John Oliver writer Josh Gondelman. Enjoy. <laughs> Back on the Comedy Zone podcast, Josh Gondelman is here. Hello. Josh, how are you? Great, thanks. How are you? Good. I I am so excited to have you here, first of all, in Charlotte, and second of all, on the podcast. I, welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, and uh, thank you for uh, asking me to do the podcast. Absolutely. Now, you, you uh, by your own admission, you said... You know, I'm not super famous. Oh, yeah. I think I said I'm definitively not famous <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking before. Yeah. Just like, uh, not anonymous, but certainly uh, deeply not notable. <laughs> yeah. But people will know your work. Sometimes, yeah. People know yeah. stuff I've worked on, which is nice. It's That's like a, a lovely privilege to have. Yeah, we played the uh, the intro music, or at least uh, the sting from the intro music to uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. You're one of the writers on that show. I am. <laughs> you sounded surprised. No, I, yeah, I guess I guess I'm still like anything I do that's yeah. re- that I'm involved with that people remotely know about. I'm uh, I'm delighted yeah. and a little bit uh, taken aback. Yeah, which is very nice. Now you were connected with John um, a little while back. You had done some stand up with him. Yeah, that I, that was after I'd started at the show. Though it was oh, after okay. my first year, so I did, but technically before I started writing. So I I came on as the uh, web producer was my title, and I wrote, I did all the digital content basically. So okay. it was, you know, the social media channels, and then I would write little uh, video segments for John to do when we were going to be off for a week. So I'd write like three minute kind of. In the style of the show, but yeah. just about dumb stuff, like why, uh, like about pumpkin pie or just, you, you know, whatever nonsense. And so we we did, he would do those. And then after the first season, I moved over to do, primarily write for the show itself. Okay. And yeah. in between was when I, I did a few stand-up dates with John. Yeah. It, it, now, you, you how did you get uh, connected, I guess, first um, with the show? So it, it's kind of like, I think everyone gets these jobs in kind of a similar way which is just like it's a lot of applying 
to these writing jobs, which is like producing sample materials and sending them in when they're looking for writers. And then it's a lot of like never hearing back. And then sometimes like, hey, we liked you, but we're uh, we're fully staffed right now. Or we, we like you, but we went in this direction or, you know. And so it was I basically did. I had a couple of years where I was applying here and there. And then in 2013, I I was I ended up with a, a manager and an agent that helped me get kind of get in the mix for more opportunities. So I applied for like 20 different shows and it was mm-hmm. all different submission materials because it's all different requirements. And I did a little work for Billy on the street over the summer, which mm-hmm. was really exciting. That was kind of like my first nibble at like, Oh, maybe this is going to work out. And then I got hired at last week tonight for the digital job. And, um, at, at the very beginning of 2014. Okay. Yeah. And you're still pretty young, right? You're uh, early 30s? Yeah. Does that sound okay? 31. Does that sound right? <laughs> Does that sound sure, right to you? Great. Just check. Yeah, uh, I'm 31. Okay. So um, for those people, I guess if you don't exactly understand what that's like kind of, you know, to apply for writing jobs and to think, you know, I want to be a writer on this uh, type of show. What leads you, what kind of damage do you need in your own personal life to... to <laughs> To one sort of, you know, go out of your way to subject yourself to that process. So it was actually a correction because <laughs> I, my personal life is very happy uh, and wonderful. And, and generally, you know, I, I don't have a, a history of, of terrible trauma, but it was a lot of doing stand-up, right? So I started doing stand-up when I was 19. Wow. And so it was years of kind of in Boston and then around New England and then touring a little bit around the country. And then I moved to New York in 2011 thinking that I'd kind of taken things to the end of the line as far as they were going to go in New England. I like there was, there was kind of a chasm between where I was kind of a, an established opening act around New England and then nationally was, you know, uh, a feature act, the the middle guy who does about a half an hour on a few person show. And, uh, and I just felt like there was kind of no way to to evil Knievel that gap to headliner or, uh, without putting myself in a position to to accomplish more and yeah. get better. Yeah. So I moved to New York in 2011 and was able to kind of start around then, like 2010, 2011, I started being able to apply for things here and there. And so it was the, the writing job is kind of like a, a much more steady, stable adult human way to live than just like being constantly on the road yeah which is nice and and i was doing a lot of freelance writing too that kind of helped me get in fighting shape like mm-hmm. i was doing magazine writing and right. blogging and stuff yeah yeah so when you uh, um apply for this type of show like is it i mean do you send uh, samples do you send is it kind of you know people kind of know who you are and they and they come see you how, how does that process sometimes, work sometimes they know who you are sometimes they um sometimes they don't sometimes they look at submissions blind so it's like they they put out a call to however sometimes it's all the way open right it'll just be on the website for the network and they'll go hey we have a writing position open which is rare but it, it happens i think colbert did that over the mm-hmm. summer yeah and Excuse me. And uh, and then other times they kind of go out to a few people specifically. Sometimes they go to agents and managers and say, who do you have? And then you do a, you have a, a set amount of time to write a packet of sample materials tailored to imitate the show. Or in my case, like almost anticipate what the show might be yeah. because I applied before there was a show. Yeah. So you do that. And then oftentimes 
there will be a second round where you'll have a, a time sensitive, uh, even more time sensitive. So the first one, you might have two weeks if you kind of catch on early. And then the second one, I think, was like either a 24 or 48 hour turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you remember anything you wrote from that first? I, I, re- I do. I don't want to say too much. I don't think it can be. Yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. <laughs> I don't think they can reuse it, but I don't yeah. want to say to say too much in case they yeah in case they keep that close to their vest but it was like it was the the idea it seemed like they had a pretty firm idea of like they wanted to do both domestic and internationally focused political and policy stories Mm -hmm. and they wanted to explore things in a a way that was like both you know uh the host john at the desk talking and like kind of more ambitious produced projects yeah and that was um uh that kind of leads me, I guess, to is there a sense in the in the room? I mean, I know, like you know, um, you look at shows like The Daily Show it, it, with John Stewart, and even even you know, going back to Craig Kilborn, and even to to uh, 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 with Trevor now, Trevor Noah now, the, 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 a sense of the importance of kind of what's what's uh, what that show is. And kind of you know what it's doing on socially, so sort of the the social weight of what's happening with these shows. It's comedy, yes, and there's comedy mixed in, but what's happening with these shows is 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 pretty important, I think, in the in the in the landscape of kind of what's going on in the country today. Well, uh, well thank you. I mean, I, it's not something we we really think about a lot. We just try to be, I mean, funny, obviously, because we're a comedy yeah. show, and funny and interesting is kind of like the guiding parameters of what we're doing. So we're we're not setting out to be like, well. Today, you know, it's it's Wednesday. On Sunday, we're going to be important. <laughs> it's just <laughs> right, like it's yeah. like well, there better be jokes, and we better yeah. you know try to try to get the story right. Yeah. So it's like um, comedy and actor, which I always used to. I would say it's an old line I would say on stage during stand up if it wasn't going well. I would if I said something that was true that people didn't laugh at. I would say you know my priorities on stage really are uh, politeness, accuracy comedy <laughs> in that order which i feel like is inverted for the show but that's yeah. i feel like you know accuracy yeah. and comedy are, are what we're striving for and I, I think it's hard to take a big swing at important and i, I don't know even how how one would begin yeah i think uh, when you look at the segments like the student loan segments mm-hmm. and things like that you know that the show has done that really kind of exposed the system for what's kind of what's really happening now those segments obviously take much much longer to produce because they're so um i'm guessing extensively researched um and then there's always there's kind of like um the current events which would kind of be like the you know opening monologue if it were letterman or something like that so it it, i guess in terms of the process and and i may be the only person actually interested in this but the, the the how 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 does that process work? How do the um, how do the story ideas come along? And are there kind of like two different teams that do the more involved segments and the sort of urgent topical stuff? Sure, I can't really get to, again. I'm sorry to be no, so, it's, I, only I slightly yeah. opaque, but it's um yeah, they can take anywhere from like a couple days to come together, or you know, a week for a for a story that's happening that week, or months for like mm. a really long kind of stunt like putting together the church sure to, yeah last year yeah. to the fake church i mean real church fake church it, right real took, fake church took months. real fake church <laughs> that's exactly what it is it's a real fake church took uh took months to kind of yeah. get all the paperwork in order and stuff and um and it's it's not 
it just kind of the writers rotate on different assignments and there are there's a uh the research team is separate from the writers and they will kind of be tracking stuff in advance sometimes yeah, yeah. um so bef- sometimes before the writers even uh are assigned to it so yeah it's it's a lot of it's it's i like the variety of like okay this week i'm writing kind of the the short stuff for the top and then yeah. the uh other times i like kind of digging in and like sitting with a story for a long time yeah yeah. And it's it's nice. I like I kind of I think most comics crave some kind of variety. Otherwise, they wouldn't like go city to city like a, a vagrant <laughs> or a vagabond. And, and so I I like that. I like, you know, um, not doing quite the same thing from yeah. day to day or week to week. Yeah, it, 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 it sounds I mean, from a a, a, a writer's perspective perspective like it is a great gig like oh it's wonderful yeah you don't you necessarily know you know what what you're going to be working on from one week to the next or what um what type of jokes you know you'll be writing from one week to the next but you also have kind of extended breaks because it's hbo you have breaks over the holidays and things like that to do things like your sweater weather tour and stuff like that Yeah. yeah it's been it's been really lovely it's nice to we did 30 episodes this year and so kind of staggered in between we had 10 weeks, 10 other weeks in the office that were, we were writing, but there weren't shows. And then, so that leaves 12 weeks that were out of the office, which is like a nice amount of time to be off. And I'm, I'm fortunate in that I was able to, I like to travel for stand up a bunch. So the let we're off the last kind of seven weeks of the year straight. And I was able to, to fill that up with some like really fun stand up work and kind of string together a little tour, which is really nice. That's awesome. And it's, I'm not, thank you. I'm not, that I don't think I'm geared towards 35 weeks a year on the road. And I have friends that absolutely are like my buddy Shane Moss is on like Mm -hmm. a 60 something city tour right now, which is incredible. And, uh, and and that's like, I really kind of admire that. And, uh, but I also, I, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think that I'm necessarily built for that. And, Part of it is I just like to be home with my fiance and right. dog a lot of the time. Yeah. So I love to go out, but I'm, I like always love to come home too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm not like one of those guys that's just like, yeah, I'm just wherever I hang with that. I'm a, I'm a bandit. Like I'm very, um, tame and gentle. <laughs> <laughs> now when you're, um, when you're in New York, um, you're working on the show. Are you, are you club hopping in at night? Is there yeah, time to do that? I, it's nice. I, I mean, my, job is like very the hours are very job like so occasionally you have to stay late but a lot of the time it's just like oh I I come in and I do my job and then I leave and and I'm able to generally plan to do spots um in the evenings most Mm -hmm. most evenings if I if I want to and then I'm trying to I'm trying to do better at doing less stand-up not like none obviously I mean I love to do it that's like such a terrible thing for a comedian I'm trying to do my job less but uh, (laughs) I I mean most people are but the I'm trying to prioritize a little better and structure my time better I'm trying to be like more of a a, a rounded human and again more time more like date nights and more um you know just like relaxing and taking time to I'm trying to get a new book proposal together. And so I'm trying to like stand up is like the thing that I do because I, it's fun 
and I like it and I can count it as work. So I never have to feel bad like, oh, I have a show tonight. So that I'm working. I'm, yeah. I'm like doing yeah. the work. Yeah. But sometimes there are other kinds of work that I'm, it's the productive procrastinating. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I feel yeah. If you happen to find that balance at any point, please let me know how, for you, sure. how you found it's, it um, because it's hard. I'm getting better, I yeah. think. And I, one thing that helps is like planning helps me as planning in advance so like buying tickets to stuff to do yeah with my fiance is like a a, a very nice thing to do and it, and it makes me feel like that and that way i'm like okay i'll take that whole night and i'll and i never yeah. regret not you know there it's so rare that i'll get in a show that i'll be like oh boy we have to cancel our plans because this is this is too much yeah. so I, I almost you know it's so rare that i regret taking time to like do something fun like yeah even if it's just, hey, let's let's go out to dinner with these friends we haven't seen in a long time, or like let's go, um, let's see a play or something. And yeah. I, I'm trying to to do more of that, of that because otherwise, I mean, I think most my friends that do more stand up than I do are full time comics generally, yeah, yeah. and so they are they have the day to like experience things. Whereas I'm I'm very fortunate to have this office job that I love, but I'm also not like uh you know not taking the world in i mean i'm taking the news events in, but that stuff all goes to towards the show yeah, yeah. uh so I, i'm not like going to museums or uh traveling the world during <laughs> during the day so it's yeah. nice to like make sure that i'm having human experiences in the evening <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for um, example you're here in charlotte but you're not you know like you said you were in Asheville yeah. uh saturday night um in charlotte on sunday night so you've been in town you mentioned for about maybe two two and a half hours yeah. you probably haven't seen a whole lot you saw the condo not, and you've seen the club seen, and that's but yeah and, yeah and it's been that's that's very nice too but i mean yeah. even just the idea of like i went to a coffee shop in Asheville this morning and sat for a couple hours and it was like a new place that i hadn't been and yeah. i drove which i don't get to do when i'm you know i live in yeah. brooklyn and i take a like um, cabs i don't have long di- i've been taking a like Oh, this is a different than what I do every day. So it's nice and kind of helps me clear the cobwebs up sure. and re- remember that like the world isn't just the um, five square mile area that I see most exactly. of the time. Right, right, right. So it's nice. I mean, even just like the I saw a there was a sign at the um, uh, at the coffee shop this morning that said there was just like a one person bathroom and it just said all gender bathroom and i was like oh yeah this is north carolina that's like yeah. kind of a big deal yeah uh, so like that it just like to kind of like experience things i'd be like oh right this is like real for people it's not just like something yeah. that's on the on the news is, yeah as like a a helpful human experience it is so silly very the, silly the, the whole well i said i might i i said it on friday when i was in chapel hill i i opened my set by going you know i'm gonna do a whole set and then as an homage to your governor I'm going to stay and do an additional set after you guys have decided you don't want me to do another set anymore. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. It, 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 it's, it, it's just, don't get me started. It's just, <laughs> it's so silly. And it, 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 you guys at, at, at this week tonight may have been the hardest of all the shows. You guys were the hardest, you know, you guys railed against Trump. From the very beginning, although John did take partial credit for what's happened. In his- <laughs> no, I don't think he did. I think, I mean, there was that one oh, blame, daily, I guess, daily maybe, show clip yeah. from when he was, yeah. um, from when he was hosting, and th- that yeah. was 
That was years ago. That was that was years ago. That yeah, was, um, when it was still cute. Yeah, August August of yeah. 2013. Yeah, but the issue though, and I think you, I think you guys uh, said this on the show that the Trump supporters are not watching this week tonight. Yeah, not, I guess. Not, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I imagine the breakdown is yeah. mostly not Trump supporters. I I, I don't know if I if I were a Trump person, and this isn't this is no. Um, slight against any kind of person but if i were a person who was voting for trump i feel like the show might have been hard to stomach for like the last eight to ten months yeah yeah but but important stuff and 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 and, oh. and i mean even though it didn't it didn't uh it didn't take yeah i, I mean it's hard it's hard to feel important which is again not the goal but it's hard to feel important when you spend 10 months going like man this guy's a monster and yeah. then People go, yeah, this monster is my guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's like certainly objectively yeah. unimportant <laughs> what we do. So you're you're in in I'm in New York. Uh, who are you who are you hanging out with? What kind of comics are you? Oh are man, you kind of palling around. With? I I like to try to play all the different kinds of venues. So I'm like really um, excited to like. So I like kind of the alternative Brooklyn scene. Like so, it, it's. It's really a privilege and a thrill to get to, you know, I'm doing, uh, not this week, but in Dece- or, uh, December 12th, I'm doing Wyatt's and Axe show. Right. And that, yeah. and, uh, which is great. And it's uh-huh. so much fun called Night Train in, uh, Gowanus, which in Brooklyn. And then, uh, I'm doing, or this week even, I'm doing Tuesday night, I'm doing a show called Pulitzer Surprises, which I'm really excited about. And it's like, your set is kind of your Pulitzer submission. That's the hook of it. Oh, that's awesome. So it's like kind of one through line. Yeah. And then, on and that's in uh parks in park slope in brooklyn and then uh which is like kind of in uh at union hall is like an alternative venue it's like a little underneath a bar seats about 100 and then i'm doing um two spots at stand up new york on thursday on the upper west side so it's like i like to kind of do all the different stuff And, and there are just like so many wonderful comedians at pretty much every show yeah. that I get to do that it's like, oh man, it's fun to watch and hang out. And it's just like really lovely. And I'm bringing my friend Robert Dean, who's super funny, is coming out uh, and doing some of the tour dates with me too. Yeah. He's he's like tremendously funny. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, fun. I, I, you're, you're, I was thinking as I was doing a little kind of, I guess not a super deep dive into your background because I was, I was somewhat familiar, but mm-hmm. But you're, I believe, you're the first uh, Peabody Award winner that we've had on our, thank you. On our, on our podcast. So I, that's fun. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I can take only minimal credit for that. <laughs> but what's cool about that is yeah. that when, when a show wins, or like a, a, I think a film wins too, um, the whole staff wins the Peabody. Yeah. So that's, and I, which I call, I say Peabody because I'm from <laughs> the North Shore of Massachusetts okay. where there's a town spelled the same as Peabody but pronounced Peabody. Yeah. So I say it, no, it's like, I feel like such a dirt bag in the office where I go, oh, we won the Peabody. And people are like, what is that, you towny moron? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess there's a different way to say that, um, which is so funny. But yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's nice. It's it's yeah. it's very exciting to be a part of something that people know and enjoy. Yeah. And yeah. I think starting in stand up and you starting in stand up you it takes a long time to get to that point for some people. For me it certainly did. Um you know, it's it's just nice to like work on something and have it be uh, be seen by people yeah, yeah which is nice i mean like i work very hard on my stand-up too and so i'm so excited to take it out even for like 
100, 200 people a night. Right. It's great. And then I did uh, a television set this um, this year for the first time. So it was like, oh, these this stuff that I've worked on, I get to share it. And yeah. that's like the, yeah. the greatest thrill of it is to know like, oh, somebody was watching that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was your uh, Conan set, right, earlier? Yeah, I did year? Conan yeah. in March. Which was wonderful. It, it was, was great. It couldn't, yeah. Thank you. It couldn't have been a more delightful experience. Yeah. Uh, it was really lovely. The the crowd was great. The everyone there was so nice, and uh, it was it was like really cool. And I mean, like, it was like a thrill to get to like. I mean, even on this level, this was just such an elemental thing for me. But I was like, oh, I get to meet the guy who wrote the monorail episode of right. The Simpsons. <laughs> exactly. Like, what exactly. an exciting yeah. thing! Like, how could I not? feel great yeah yeah and the opportunities for stand-up comics at least in the late night arena aren't certainly what they once were i mean obviously you know if you go way back to carson and it's um it's not the same so the fact that you know first of all that conan is is still you know embracing stand-up yeah and they do such a great job and they have such great people on it's like it was really to be in that conversation even was like really thrilling and exciting like all the people that have done it and all the people whose like sets i loved watching and you know oh that's it's so nice to be in that not quite family you know but like that um that lineage yeah yeah you're on the on the list yeah yeah it's it's nice (laughs) that's awesome it's it's really it's it's swell Uh, that because that kind of yeah it's great and and you know i think the the flip side to late night sets kind of not quote unquote doing what they used to for comics or like there are just a million more ways for comedians to uh to thrive outside of like waiting for one person to be like you're a star now kid so that's i i feel very lucky to have kind of been um to to be working in that time because i don't know you know it's that it's hard to because if you're if i'm if i would I'm the kind of person that's going to bank on like, man, I wish I were coming up in the age of Carson, right? right? What that means is like, I think I'm going to be one of the 15 people in a year that yeah. are told like, you deserve to be famous tomorrow. Yeah. And like, I don't know if I'm that guy. So I just, I'm just happy to work and, and yeah. to, to get some, you know, eyes and ears on the stuff I'm doing. And it like got a lot of nice feedback from my album that came out this year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like just more people heard it than I possibly expected. And yeah. so it was, it's just like really um, gratifying to, again, to like put, put it out and put stuff out in the world. And I'm trying not to be too kind of like outcome focused. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's where I tend to go astray, like it, it and stress out in an undue manner is if I'm like focused on, well, what happens versus like I did this work and I feel proud of it and I got an opportunity to share it and I think like you know sometimes people will do a late night set and expect a lot from it expect their whole calendar to be full expect their phone to be ringing off the hook for projects and I just was so happy that I got to do it and 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 be a part of this show and and showcase the the work that I've been doing and so any all the the nice other ancillary things that came out of it were um like extra um kind of joy and opportunity yeah it, it, it that's such a healthy i think approach to it because if you look at it from 
you know, the work comes first. Mm-hmm. And if I continue to do good work and I continue to be happy with the work I'm doing, the success will follow. Thank you. And 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 that feels I mean, it's a lot easier to kind of have that healthy mentality when I when I'm doing okay. I yeah. mean, I think like five or six years ago, I would have been like, I need anything right now. <laughs> and then I need that thing to be more things. Yeah, yeah, but like now yeah. it's nice to, you know, to get to do the um to do a TV spot and not even if I was getting offers left and right, it's not like I could have immediately gone out on the road or and like, yeah. you know, a lot of people use that uh, late night set as kind of a, a calling card to showcase their writing for for a writing job. Absolutely. Yeah. Excuse me. And I was in a position where like I already had the kind of the dream, the job that I would dream of. So yeah. it's it all was it was just like extra um, excitement and, and uh, an opportunity. So uh, and. Yeah, I think I go in and out of feeling work focused, and occasionally I'll be like, "But I, but I want this now." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like most of the time, I try to be very centered, and that's it's like the advice I give to newer comics is just like do the work and then put it where people can see it, and yeah. and like those are the two most important things, more important than you know getting a specific credit or achieving a specific. Credit. Yeah, uh, it, you look at you know you talk about you know the Carson days and the and the. And the really, I mean, you know, everybody kind of looks at at that as being particularly in kind of the heyday of stand-up. Yeah. Like the, the Richard Pryors, the, the, the Gary Shandlings, the, the, you look at, you know, Drew Carey set, you yeah. know, that moment. That's, that's the one I always think exactly. about. Exactly. Because he, yeah. I mean, killer set. Yeah. And people don't remember, I think, that only know him. Same with kind of like even Steve Harvey and Ellen. You like lose sight like because they became, yeah. they don't, they haven't done stand-up really or Drew, uh, Drew Carey has been out on the road a little bit, but like you, you lose sight there because they're celebrities now. Yeah. But you lose sight that they got to that point by being just like absolutely yeah. devastating comics. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and and you know the Drew Carey thing, it, it it changed. I mean, he says it, you know, himself. He still tears up when he talks about it. You know, it, that it, it, I mean, that moment. If you go back and watch the clip when Johnny, yeah. you know, gestures him mm-hmm. over to the seat, and he's like me it's like yeah no dummy the guy behind you yeah <laughs> it, 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 it's such a pure moment and it's such a great moment it's really but, wonderful but uh, that kind of stuff doesn't really happen anymore but I that, mean, the, again i think that's okay it's yeah. like because to me there's and, and that was awesome that it did happen. Yeah, it was yeah. great of johnny to do you know what i mean yeah. like he had this power yeah. and he i think seemed to exercise it in a lot of cases very benevolently yeah. and and that's a, a great thing to do for someone to like you know when you know with a, like just like a flick of your wrist you've just made someone famous yeah that that's like a you could just as easily not you know it takes <laughs> it, it takes an a, less effort to not go like come here and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. so that's really nice but again i there's also the solace of knowing i'm not I, I'm not missing out on that one opportunity that's going right. to make my career. Yeah. And, and But yeah, that Drew Carey story is the one you always hear. I've heard him talk about it on podcasts and stuff where he'll yeah. go, yeah, I did the set. And then the next night, I they set up a showcase for me at the Improv in Hollywood and every agent came to see me. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, yeah. that's yeah. like, not, that's incredible. Yeah. But it's, it's also the same. T- it's the same. It's also the kind of new way of doing things is like, you can build a podcast from the ground up and never have been on television and, Mm -hmm. and have a following, or you could produce a web series like, um, Isaray, Isaray, uh, that became, which was awkward black girl, right. That became insecure on HBO or broad city. was very similar. And I think in the, the arc of it going from web to television. So like 
to you get to make your work and then put it in front of people and kind of find an audience and not every good uh fully realized piece of work will be rewarded in the same way but it's it's certainly in a lot of ways beats waiting around for someone to decide that you're ready to have a career yeah yeah there there's uh, i might do some teaching at a uh, broadcasting school here and i i was initially when they first brought me in i was like why would any anybody want to get into radio or television now and mm-hmm. but then as i got to you know as i got to think about it and to talk to these students i now think that there's no better time because i can make my own shit now i yeah. don't have to wait you know to get noticed by somebody yeah. i can start my own youtube channel and have my own network almost. totally and, and it, there there are sometimes where i'm like man i wish somebody would just like you know, like would happen 20 years ago, someone would just throw a bunch of money at me to develop yeah. something. But on the <laughs> other hand, it's like if I, if I had an idea that I thought was really worth developing and a passion to, to make it, yeah. um, then I could start doing it cheaper and, and yeah. on my own. Whereas like, you know, I don't, it's, it's not like if someone threw a bunch of money at me tomorrow, I would instantly have a good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, exactly. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm at this moment it's it's not like I'm I work so hard at my job and at stand up yeah. and working you know I'm working on this book that that I'm trying to trying to finish uh, <laughs> that I will that it's that the idea of like ooh he he got a development deal from a network it's like okay but that doesn't mean it will be good like maybe right. if yeah. I had the the drive to have been working on something and like producing it or at very least like kind of plotting it out and being ready to do it cheaply like that maybe speaks higher for my own investment in the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if it happens, yeah, that's you and it. I will go out. We'll 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 make it. We'll do something right now. Yes. on our on our iPhones and and we'll have it on YouTube in fifteen yeah. minutes and it'll be great. With that said, if anyone wants to give me a quarter <laughs> of a million dollars to make a sitcom, exactly right. I will uh, I will accept your money graciously and without complaint. So, Josh, uh, uh, what's next for you? You mentioned a couple of dates in New York. Your your, your sweater weather tour yeah, continues. It does. The, uh, so I'm in kind of the Virginia, Northern Virginia, uh, I don't know if they're all suburbs of DC, but near the DC area of Virginia, um, next weekend for a few dates. And then the following weekend, I'm going Austin to Oklahoma city to Minneapolis. And then kind of the last leg of the tour is, um, the, uh, new year's Eve weekend in Burlington, Vermont. Nice. Yeah. And yeah. then, I, and then, sorry, I don't mean to keep listing. I'm doing sketch no, please. in yeah. San Francisco uh, January 28th, I'm doing uh, co-headlining two shows with Rhea Butcher, who's awesome. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah that'll yeah. be so fun. And doing another show during during the day. And then um, headlining the Bell House in Brooklyn on um, January 22nd. Wow. Yeah. So busy calendar. Yeah. I, I like to keep busy. And I'm, I'm back in the office in early January, too. So okay. it's like, uh, that's why one of the reasons why it slows down. And also now kind of halfway into this tour... I'm like, oh, I really like this. And now I remember why I like to have a job, too. <laughs> like, I'm excited. You know, I'm so excited to be in Charlotte and so excited to go home. But, like, yeah. I, I did a little FaceTime with uh, with uh, my fiancé and uh, and the dog this morning. and was like, oh, yeah. I miss that. Yeah. yeah. But it's I, I'm, I am not used to being around on the weekends because I work Wednesday through Sunday. So I'm not used to, like, sleeping in on a weekend and going out to brunch. So I, yeah. I don't... I just feel like I'm missing their company. I don't feel like I'm missing. Or we're not like out of routine. Yeah. Which is, yeah, yeah so yeah. I'm excited to 
to see them again. That makes sense. I, uh, um, I meant to quickly ask you about your Twitter account. Oh, sure. Um, well, the, 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 the um, Seinfeld Today account is no longer really kind of active. Yeah, it's right? pretty. It's pretty passive. I miss it. I, yeah, yeah. It's, we just Jack <laughs> yeah. Moore, yeah. who's the co-author, is like. Uh, he's now writing on sitcoms in LA and so he's pretty busy and yeah. our schedules just don't line, you know, line up and I think yeah. we're kind of keeping ideas for the work, especially topical <laughs> ideas for like the work we're yeah. doing. Yeah. But, um, but that was really nice. It was, it was really a fun run and it's not, you know, if, if it pops into one of our heads it, it might still happen, yeah. but I think we're kind of out of the habit. Well, and it's still worth uh, finding it and, oh, and just going back of, and scrolling through it. It's all, so great. It's, it's all still it's there. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, uh, but your personal account. Yeah. Uh, remind me. G- at Josh Gondelman. At Josh Gondelman. Mm-hmm. Uh, G-O-N-D-E-L-M-A-N. Yep. I always Gondelman. spell it, when people ask, I always spell it G-O-N-D-E-L man, which is how <laughs> Method Man spells his name in the song Method Man. Uh, most people don't get that joke that is just for me. That's one of my <laughs> personal bits for That's myself. All right, too. Uh, your pep talks i yeah. always see your tweets about a half an hour after you're like i'm giving pep talks for uh, the next five minutes and then i miss it and i, I always want to reach out but i always i this is bad uh to say out loud just because it, it's a bad precedent but i always will if like somebody's like hey man i could use one i always because yeah. if, if somebody's like oh man this is three hours ago but I'm, I'm feeling sad now it's like who am i to be like sorry loser <laughs> you know you missed it it's yeah i i feel much better just yeah. doing it it you know in each one it, it's it's not this is one place where i think i kind of have the benefit of not being a celebrity because i have a, a bunch of twitter followers but most of them just know me from like twitter or yeah. they might know that i have a job but they're like most familiar with me through twitter and or through stand-up and so it's not like someone sees me on a show and follows like I don't get a lot of like stick to jokes comedian because everybody that found me is like more or less into like the things that I do. So it's not like I'm, you know, I have friends that are sports writers and uh, sports uh, media personalities and they get a lot of like stick to sports. And it's like, if they try to say something political or, um, or like stick to whatever. And it's like, everybody kind of knows that I like, I write political comedy for work and I do these pep talks and, uh, which is usually just on the road at night. I'll, yeah. I'll say like, Hey, does anyone need to hear a kind word? Yeah. Um, and, and so I don't get a lot of like, what are you doing? You loser. Like, <laughs> yeah. because the people that are following me kind of get what I'm about. Yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much uh, negative on Twitter that it's just, it's nice to have you as that little oasis oh, in you. the darkness that the, 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 the the pep talks are great. Thank you. Awesome. I'm I'm trying to feel or trying to figure out how to like be a, a person in the <laughs> world and, yeah. and especially, you know, post uh presidential election 2016. Yeah. And I don't think that's like the big work, but it is the little stuff I can kind of do day to day to yeah. like I don't know, just I think as keeping in mind the idea of being kind to people is like helpful to me and like what are the different ways in which I can accomplish that goal? Yeah. And that's, you know, one of them. Yeah. So if you, I guess just real quick, not to put you out on the spot, but say one of our listeners needs a little pep talk. Yeah. Feeling a little down today. I mean, I think the general one that I try to give is like, you're probably doing better than you realize and things can be better than they are now. And those are like, I think kind of generally across the board, helpful things to hear. And, and again, I don't presume to be like a professional. I think I sometimes get people who are, who are like, I've been depressed for months. Like, can you say something to me? And I always say like, Hey, look, I think it can get better, but like 
I don't, I don't think I can offer the help you need. And like, do you need help finding resources? And, uh, but I think kind of the general, if someone is just like feeling antsy or, you know, nervous about a specific thing, like I get a lot of people that are like, I have a job interview this week. And it's just like, well, you know, you got the interview because you're you. So just like go in and be you (laughs) and, and don't worry about, uh, it's just like some of it is good advice, I think, or like just like baseline good advice. And some of it is just like encouragement, like, yeah, man, keep doing the things you're doing. Like if you like something, keep doing it. Even if it doesn't feel like you're, uh, it's making you a lot of money or it's bringing you a lot of acclaim. Like if you enjoy doing it, that's, that's the point of doing it. So do it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Josh, uh, thank you so much. Oh, a pleasure. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. You could be doing, you know, you could be at, out in the rain, walking around Charlotte. I could be walking around in the rain. <laughs> I could be napping. I could be fretting that I <laughs> am doing a show opposite the Panthers game tonight. <laughs> oh, I think you'll be all right. But I I, I can't uh, thank you enough. I, I, I appreciate your time. I was very, I'm excited when I found out you were uh, coming. And, thank and, you. And um, it's a very cool thing. So best of luck to you. Uh, best of luck here tonight. And obviously this will it. run after yeah. tonight. But tonight, yet to, you know, whenever a week ago, whenever it was. Yeah. Tell John we we at the Comedy Zone said hi. <laughs> and, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. <laughs> and we will, um, um, well, we'll see you tonight. And yeah. we'll see you again uh, on, on the next thing. Thank you. All right, Josh Gondeman, thank you. The Comedy Zone podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. 